Welcome back to the Voice of the Lang with Sarah Bottomley, Claims Service Manager. And Gary Huxworth, Assistant Claims Director. Today we thought we'd have a look back at 2023 and some of the things that have impacted us as insurance brokers and our clients. And then we're also going to look forward to 2024 as to what we've got coming up, what we think is on the horizon and any trends that you need to look out for. Last year, we were seeing really big increases in medical evidence delays. This is where you have a casualty claim or somebody injured. That person needs to be seen by a medical examiner and the medical report is submitted to the insurers and solicitors to then negotiate on settlement. Due to the delays in the NHS at the moment, we are seeing huge delays on the medical evidence. So I think typically when I used to be claims handling about 18 months ago, I would probably put maybe like a six-month diary on. Pre-COVID, we were probably looking at three months. I'm seeing a lot of insurers now putting at least 12 months on for that medical evidence to come through. So that is booking the appointment, going to the examination, completing the report, finalising the report and sending the report to solicitors. So I think that's only going to get worse, really. I don't think we're seeing any progress in terms of NHS waiting lists, that kind of thing. So the experts who complete these reports and examinations are usually practising surgeons and experts within the NHS. So that's the reason for the delays. I think the other aspect to, to reflect on here is the increase in litigation because cases don't settle as quick yeah. as they used to do, which, of course, then drives increased cost. It's a double or triple whammy. Either way. Yeah. Like we said, I don't think that is going to get any better. I think it is only going to get worse or potentially on the positive plateau at where it is. One of the obvious things for last year was the increase in cyber claims that we saw, which really had a quite a significant impact to a lot of clients, whether it was hacking or it was effectively fraud or it was ransomware. Looking at society as a whole, especially, I mean, let's just look at the last 20 years. 20 years ago, I was at university and just had a little flip phone, you know, having the internet on your phone wasn't a thing. Social media wasn't a thing. You had to pay to send a text message. I think nowadays, you know, social media is on the rise. Profiles of businesses online are on the rise. So whether that's LinkedIn, YouTube, doing podcasts, I think there's a lot more that's online than there is physically. So those risks have massively increased, I think, and criminals are very aware of that. I think that's definitely something we saw starting to filter through last year. The other thing I wanted to talk about last year was the rise of allergen claims and complaints. So obviously there's been some quite high profile cases. There was the case with pret a and Almost Famous, which I think really brought this to the fore. But we have quite a lot of hospitality clients and we're seeing these coming through. I think it's just the awareness of allergens anyway, the new laws that have been put in place and the requirement on businesses to make customers aware of that. So I think customers are just more aware of their rights and what to be looking out for, in which case they're feeling more confident maybe to put those complaints in. Whether or not they're legit is another question, but I think I've definitely seen that coming through in the claims that we're seeing from clients and, you know, queries that come in from them and just general complaints to sites that they want our advice on. So I think that's definitely something we saw increase in last year and I expect that to continue. So maybe now we look forward 
hopefully two. <laughs> in two. In yeah, let's hope. So I think one of the main themes we're going to be talking about is inflation. This is impacting every area of everything that we're doing, but I think in particular claims, obviously insurance. So in terms of injury claims, cost for therapy, cost for care, uh, vehicle repairs have definitely increased alongside inflation. So this is obviously pushing up the cost of claims, which will really in turn kind of push up premiums. Claims experience will look higher value, I suppose, overall. And we're also seeing kind of increase on psychological issues. So claimants may have a physical injury, but solicitors are also wise to the fact they could then have a psychological injury alongside that, which is obviously bumping up the cost of the overall claim. I think this links back to many injury claims now falling under fixed recoverable costs. Yeah. They can add a functional or a psychological issue. It could well help them categorise the claims as vulnerable and help them get more costs. Mm. So I think that vulnerable claimant piece is really important. Obviously, again, probably something else we'll be talking about in the future is the Equality Act. So there are special characteristics under that. You can fall under one of those characteristics depending on your disability, your race, your gender identity. And I think categorising people as vulnerable, the net is becoming a lot wider, but also from a business perspective, you know, we need to be treating customers fairly. Our clients need to be treating people fairly. So I think that's definitely going to be something that we see an increase of this year. I would agree with that. I think the other aspect to that would be the old adage that a claim doesn't get any cheaper with age. Yeah. So insurers got to increasingly focus on trying to settle claims as quickly as possible again. Mm. Yeah, and I think there's also going to be that focus on the chronic pain side as well. It's obviously already a complex area. We know those claims are high value and can be expensive. And I think it's in the solicitor's interest to push them that way. And also chronic pain, one of the kind of triggers for that is mental health issues. Again, we're going back to the vulnerable claimant thing. So I think it's kind of all wrapped up together, really. It's a complicated area, but I think the other aspect that's potentially on the horizon, which isn't a positive one, is what is known as the Ogden rate and the, the review that may happen this year. This would effectively drive high value claims to be higher still. And that is very much on the, you know, the catastrophic injury side of things. Yeah. But it's something we've got to bear, mm. bear our minds to. Yeah, definitely. And then finally, I suppose on the personal injury side, we've got the JC guidelines. So the guidelines that are used to value injury essentially are uplifted every now and again, and they haven't been uplifted for some time. So we are expecting those to go up again in line with inflation. So that will automatically just raise the cost of everything in general. So fraud is a, an area which we see a lot of, and insurers and lots of justices do mention quite a lot of times about unaffected areas or stock being claimed for that actually hasn't been impacted by a claim at all. So what we're talking about here is fraud. We're talking about fraud. And, and fraud costs everyone because it all flows through into premium. Yeah. And I think as well, using that genuine claim as a vehicle almost to commit that fraud, rather than making a completely fictional claim from the off, if, say, 90% of your claim is completely legit and happened, chucking in a few extra things maybe i don't know doesn't feel as bad as making up an entire scenario making up a whole claim so i think yeah it's definitely something we need to be aware of yeah yeah there's a recently reported case by alliance which i know we quite enjoyed seeing 
and it's always good when someone gets found out for committing fraud. Yeah, and I think this one, uh, the judge did find the claimant was fundamentally dishonest, so the entire claim in that case would be thrown out. But that essentially means that every part of the claim is dishonest. But yeah, it's always good to see one of those findings there, notoriously difficult to get as well. But I think it's an encouragement for defendants in the industry, maybe not so much claimants listers. Yeah, it was interesting in the sense of some of the points that came across at the trial was that the case wasn't reported at the time Mm -hmm. it happened. There was a mysterious change of witnesses afterwards. Uh, One witness appeared a year on from the actual event. And mysteriously, there was a link between the claimant and the witness. Shock horror. So, (laughs) yeah, good good on that judge for finding that ace fundamentally dishonest. Yeah. Well, one thing that I I wasn't aware of was ChatGBT. Never really explored it at all until recently. But guess what? There's a fraud one. Of course there is. A fraud GPT that helps you commit fraud. What a crazy world. (laughs) So I think this is kind of two areas that we were going to talk about colliding really, isn't it? You've got the AI side, you've got the fraud side. And I think it's, I mean, we've all seen, you know, things about chat GPT and AI in the news. I I guess it's it's a bit like the use of AI to create videos Mm -hmm. and songs of people who've never sung them. Mm. Yeah. They do it for attention, but increasingly criminals are using it to commit fraud, yeah. create documents. If they can create a, a, a likable Martin Lewis, <laughs> after all, they can certainly create some fictional documents to support the client. Yeah, or photographs, I suppose, and CCTV, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yes, that was a picture of my Rolex that was stolen. <laughs> so on the topic of AI... I came across a AI liability directive, which is a European Commission proposal, and it relates to non-contractual civil liability rules where AI is in place. Now, obviously, it won't be implemented in the UK thanks to our old friend Brexit, but it would impact businesses operating in the mm. European market. It, it's going to be a really complex area, this. Mm. And certainly, I think the government have said it's too soon to make any decisions mm. on a complex and rapidly evolving issue. Mm. So I think we've got to watch this space and see how that develops. Yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on, especially for our clients who have businesses or sites out of the UK, essentially. Yeah. Recently, we came across a couple of articles regarding the use of AI in relation to employment practices and in particular its use in vetting potential employees. The concern being that AI could be used inappropriately, which may lead to discrimination or bias for certain characteristics. So that's going to be an interesting area to watch develop as well. Yeah, and I think the government are going to respond to that in terms of law and keeping up with regulating that, not just for sort of insurance, but across the whole AI piece, really, because I think it's getting to the point now where I think we can all see that it's potentially spiraling <laughs> it, it is spiraling well, let's face it it's, it's not going away no so what, what do we think is in line for 2024 well it is shock horror not all roses and puppies as you can probably imagine so i know we discussed earlier cyber ransomware on the rise in terms of crime it's cheaper to execute attacks often involve theft or possession of data. They can commit this crime without leaving their home. They are very sophisticated now, these criminals, so they have, they're almost like complete businesses, HR departments, mat leave, that kind of thing. So in terms of the risks to the people committing the crime, they're much lower than burglary or arson. 
and they're not having to get their hands dirty, so to speak. They can sit in their offices and do it from wherever they're committing the crime from. And quite often, they'll never get found guilty of it. It's very difficult to locate who these people are. You might be able to get one, but they'll just kind of morph somewhere else and do it somewhere else. And the impact on the businesses and the loss to the businesses is catastrophic, really, I think. It, yeah. it can wipe businesses out entirely. And if not, it can completely disable them for a good period of time until they can kind of get back up and running. I think it's totally underrated as to what that impact is. And it's one of those things as well that I think we think happens on TV in Line of Duty and those kind of programs. And you come in and your computer's not working and you've got these messages coming up. But unfortunately, that does happen and it's happening all the time and it will only become more prevalent, I think. And I don't know about you, I, I get dozens of emails every day Mm. reporting to say I've got some Bitcoin that I can mine. Yeah. I've got to do is provide them with my bank details and Easy. get my share. <laughs> Even beyond that, I think um, there's a recent scam at the moment where they call you and they will say, hi, is that Gary Hawksworth? And you say yes. And the minute you say yes, they hang the phone up because they've got you saying yes. So they then create something on AI with your voice saying yes to agree to things that you haven't agreed to. It happened to my friend the other day. So that's happening at the moment. So they're kind of using all of these tools to be able to hack into personal information, get that data, steal money, whatever they want to do with it. And I think for businesses, I mean, personally, it's terrifying, but I think for businesses, it's a huge risk. I think one last thing on, on cyber is obviously with a continuing war in Ukraine and what's going on in the Middle East, there is a concern that there may well be state-sponsored cyber attacks, mm. particularly from China. Yeah. potentially from Russia, maybe to infrastructure, maybe to take money out of the economy. Yeah, kind of following on from that, I think, got a lot of world events that have happened in the sort of recent past, but also are continuing to happen. The C word, COVID, I think we all feel like we're over that now and it's all distant memory, but yeah. there's a lot of things that are a knock-on effect of that. I think what we were talking about earlier in terms of the medical evidence and the NHS is a perfect example of that. We had the Suez Canal blockage back in March 21. Brexit, you know, increased costs in terms of trade and supply, trying to get parts for vehicles, that kind of thing. And that has just continued as well as resource in terms of, I think there was a big issue in logistics, trying to get drivers. Huge parts of the economy have lost a lot of workforce. And I think that's still an impact today. It, it, it's, it's amazing to think that at one point, trade worth £9.6 billion pounds Mm. was effectively stuck on the ocean when the Suez Canal got blocked. Mm. Who'd have known that? Yeah. Obviously, more recently, we've got the Houthi rebels in Yemen mm. attacking shipping, which is going into Europe and the US and through Asia. The Washington Post said that it was about 20% of US freight actually goes into the East Coast through that area. Mm. So that in itself has a huge knock-on effect from the global marketplace. And you've got companies like Tesla and Volvo idling plants in various countries because they've got no parts. Yeah. And I think I read recently that Shell had stopped its shipments through the Red Sea as well. So, you know, alternative routes take more time. And money. More money, <laughs> more fuel. Yeah. More insurance. More stuff. So I think another big impact at the moment that we're all seeing the effect of is climate change. I know... 
here in Manchester, it is raining a lot of the time anyway, but it feels like it is extra raining at the moment. So I think, you know, we've seen three very recent storms, Henk, Isher and Jocelyn, who have caused considerable damage across the UK especially for our sort of property colleagues in claims are seeing rises in those claims coming through, which is expected, but they're happening a lot more often than they were before. Yeah, it's now becoming a norm rather than an mm-hmm. exceptional event. Yeah. Only today we've had the substantial storms in California where it never rains and mm-hmm. they've had, you know, massive flooding across something like eight counties. Mm-hmm. So climate change is a factor which is impacting us. And I think not only are we looking at the storms, so in terms of that period of what, maybe October to March, we've also got the extreme heat which in England we like to enjoy, but unfortunately it has its downsides. So I think it's not like you're kind of getting respite for half the year. I think it's continuing. It's just different problems. And like you were saying, is that the norm? Are insurers maybe going to have to change their sort of outlook of it and how they react to that and what they expect is realistic within a year? How much claims are they expecting to get through? What businesses are going to be affected? How they're affected? But also I think there's that from a client perspective... You know, if there's been warnings that these storms are going to happen, what kind of mitigation can you put in place to prevent or at least mitigate the damage that may happen when a storm hits? And then one thing that we kind of thought we'd talk about is EVs. Yeah, the increase in EVs, obviously electrical vehicles, is on the rise. The government are encouraging everybody to move to driving electric vehicles. They're obviously a lot better for the environment. So in terms of insurance costs... They are more expensive to insure, they're more expensive to buy, and they're more expensive to repair. So again, impact on costs, and we're going to see an increase there. But I think it's something that is definitely coming, maybe not tomorrow, but in the next few years, I think, you know, we're all going to have to start moving to use more electric vehicles. And there's another thing with EVs as well. EVs accelerate really, really quickly. Mm. Some drivers who are perhaps less experienced won't factor that in. Yeah. That can cause more accidents as well. Yeah. Or more expensive accidents, because going quicker yeah so moving on to the legal landscape data covering the work of the county courts show that the time taken from claim to hearing is continuing to rise i have definitely seen that there are long delays in terms of court timetables and that started around covid time yeah but it seems to have continued yeah yeah definitely I'm seeing the impact of that across my desk, you know, week on week. The Justice Committee has today launched an inquiry to examine the work of the county court and made the submissions for this were due in December and we're currently awaiting outcomes on that. So it will be interesting to see what results come out of that. It will because we need an effective court system so that Mm. claims that need to be processed through a court are done efficiently and effectively. But I think also it touches on capacity and resource there and I think that's not just a concern in the courts. I think, you know... All businesses are feeling that at the moment. I guess, I guess it is watch this space with those mm. outcomes and what, what comes out of that. Literally. Yeah. One of the things that I picked up was from the Horizon post office scandal. And whilst it's not strictly insurance related, it's around about witness statements. And it, it turned out that some of the witness statements given in those cases were actually written by solicitors rather than witnesses, which yep. is, it's fair to say, is a big no-no. Yeah, and raising some serious questions, I think, over conduct of solicitors. Yeah, I think it's, a, again, it's another watch this space. If you have been enjoying me and Gary chattering away today, you will be happy to hear that we'll probably be some more episodes throughout the year. We'd like to look at quite a few topics, whether we'll be able to squeeze them in during 2024 is another thing. 
We'd like to focus a bit more on the Equality Act, some regulatory actions, obviously the cyber part, and maybe a bit of management liability. And, and if, if you really want to be bold and suggest a topic to us, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, that would be great. It would be nice and challenging for us. Well, thank you for your time today. We hope you've enjoyed our second ever podcast. <laughs> and hopefully found some of it useful. Obviously, if you've got any questions about what we've covered today, you can contact me or Gary directly. If you have a look on the Lang website, look us up on LinkedIn. Our details will be there. Thanks again. <laughs>